we've come to the next parable that helps us to understand what life is to be like in the kingdom of heaven for those who love and trust Jesus as their king, their lord and their saviour. And this next parable I've entitled The Audacious Pal and His Inconvenienced Friend. And we're looking at Luke chapter 11, verse 5 to 13. I'm going to ask Joel to read the verses to us. Luke 11, 5 to 13. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you, Joel. The parable of the audacious pal and his inconvenienced friend. Now, a parable is making a parallel laying two things side by side to compare one with the other. This is not so much a parable of the kingdom of heaven is like something, but rather of a contrast. The kingdom of heaven is at the other end of the scale from this parable. So the first thing is that we see that Father God is not like the inconvenienced friend. An inconvenienced friend is the opposite of God not like God. God is never inconvenienced when we talk to him. In the kingdom of heaven, praying to God is not like trying to persuade a reluctant friend to help you at midnight. And if even an inconvenienced friend will eventually help you if you are audacious enough, how much more can you trust Father God to help you in your needs? Verse 5 of Luke 11. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity or boldness, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Because you're standing there with shameless audacity, asking in the middle of the night, and because this is embarrassing, and maybe neighbours will be talking about this disturbance tomorrow, your inconvenienced friend will give you what you need. This parable is the lesser case, the lower motivation for generosity. The greater case, at the opposite end, at the highest end of the scale, is with Father God. Now Jesus has just taught his disciples to pray to him like this. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. 
Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. And then he tells this parable, which explains that we don't go to God thinking that he's like the reluctant and inconvenienced friend. No, we can see him as the generous and glad giver to his people. When we ask for physical needs, when we need forgiveness, when we need strength and guidance in testing times, go ask Father God with a confidence. So I say to you, in verse 9 of Luke 11, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. With God as our Father, we can ask and seek and knock, and what we need will be given, what we're looking for will be found, and where we need to go, we'll have it opened up to us. So that's the first point. Then secondly, and the larger point is this, prayer comes out of a relationship with a willing and good Father God. Now if we see prayer as just, I need, I ask, I trust, I get, then we might understand that the Lord is teaching us to ask, seek and knock for things only once in a business-like way, trusting God to answer my prayer, and that sounds logical. And prayer in that view, if that is your view, if, if that is, your view is a simplistic transaction. And if you find yourself still concerned or still unsure after you have prayed, and if you pray with all your heart and pour out your heart to God but the prayer doesn't appear to be answered, then maybe your faith is defective then the whole issue of prayer can become a massive guilt trip. Now it helps us to have a whole Bible view on prayer. And obviously we haven't got time to do a whole survey of the Bible now, but we can see that some prayers are answered with one request to God, or after one request to God. But we also see examples of people praying for years about their heartaches, like Hannah in the Old Testament, to be able to have a child. Even the Lord Jesus prayed three times the same prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he taught us to pray for our daily bread. We are also taught in our parable to pray with a holy boldness. And in James' letter that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. So prayer is not simply just I need, I ask, I trust, I get. Prayer is an exploration relationship. It's a journey, not a slot machine. It's a journey with a companion. And we don't even know always what to pray for, do we? Or how to pray. We learn about God in prayer and we learn about ourselves as we open up our hearts to him. It's not simply a kind of business faith transaction. And sometimes, I don't know whether you've experienced this, sometimes things are just too painful to bring words out. In Romans 8, verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God so good that the Holy Spirit is able to translate our groans and our cries. So prayer is not a simple, I need, I ask, I trust, I get, in the sense of a business transaction. 
It's an ongoing conversation with God our Father through all the changing scenes of life, in trouble or in joy. Philip Brooks said that prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, it is laying hold of his highest willingness. Persistence in prayer is not an attempt to change God's mind, thy will be done, but to get ourselves to the place where he can trust us with the answer. It's interesting. Sometimes we enjoy passing the time together with the Lord, sometimes crying on his shoulder, sometimes laughing together, sometimes being told off by his word. It's also being conscious of his presence in the hustle and bustle of, of the day and shooting off those arrow prayers. At certain points in that ongoing conversation there will be specific prayers, specific times of prayer and definite requests. So prayer is much more than just that simple business faith transaction. Prayer is not the one thing, it is part of a relationship. Now sometimes the conversation with God about our needs is part of a long discovery process of finding out exactly what I specifically need to trust and ask God for. Like I'm peeling the layers of an onion to try and get to the centre of what is really the issue. Until we know then our praying might be vague and cries and laments. But the thrust of this parable here in Luke 11 is that we need to learn to live with a confidence that Father God gives in a manner that is at the other end of the scale from the inconvenience friend. Verse 9, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So we can talk to God with confidence that he is never inconvenienced by our talking to him. But the implication is that we will have to talk to God over a period of time with perseverance. We will have to seek. We will have to knock as well as just ask. And the original language bears this out very clearly. For example, in the Amplified Version, this passage says, But everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives, and he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be opened. So, on the one hand, because prayer is part of a journey, a relationship of discovery, of getting to know God and ourselves, our conversation with God is going to meander. It will be peaceful and refreshing on the, on the flat by the meadow, slow and painful over the boulders as we descend into the dark valleys of life. But prayer is not simply a faith business transaction about things. It's a relationship and discovery of God and self. A lot of praying is not about specific requests, but about how you feel and about how you love God, about just being in wordless awe in his presence. Some subjects and issues we talk to God about will recur time and time again. I know many preachers who get nervous every time they preach, myself included. It will feel sometimes like we're pressing on through the battle lines at times, chipping away slowly towards a breakthrough. And we do read in the Bible of spiritual warfare, invisible to human sight. And prayer is mentioned in Ephesians after the description of the, the elements of the spiritual armour that God supplies us with. And as we use that spiritual armour, we need to pray to God on all occasions. Ephesians 6 verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep 
on praying always for all the Lord's people. So we need to be careful not to speculate and recognize that we're told enough about spiritual warfare, but not everything. But certainly, pressing on in prayer about certain issues and people is implied in seeking and knocking the door and in the instruction to pray and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12, the Apostle Paul writes about his colleague Epaphras and he's described here, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus. He sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God mature and fully assured. So again, prayer is not simply that faith business transaction about things. It's a lot broader and richer and deeper than that. That's on the one hand. But on the other hand, Jesus is not saying that we have to keep on asking in order to receive or have to knock lots of times before we find or, or seek for so long before we will ever have the door open to us. As if repeating a prayer is a kind of incantation. Matthew 6 verse 7, Jesus says, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. We need to understand that Father God is not like the inconvenienced friend who needs to be persuaded to get up and help us. Jesus is giving us a general principle that our asking, our seeking, our knocking is a way of life, a way of leaning on God with trust and confidence in his willingness. In this parable, the Lord is not talking about repeating our prayers for the same thing like an incantation to somehow persuade God. He doesn't hear us more if we use more words. Sometimes it's us that need to say more words because our hearts are breaking, our tears are flowing, and we're searching and seeking God from the bottom of our hearts. It's often us that need to say lots, lots of words for our sake as we get things off our chest before God. And we need to be understanding that God is very willing to hear us over and over again in our pain and heartache as we continue to try to leave our burdens with him. Now if we see our prayers answered quickly, or if prayer is about something which is a journey of years, we must not see Father God as inconvenienced. He's not unwilling to get up and to hear you, to help you. He is hearing us, and in his unique wisdom he will answer quickly or later on in a way maybe that we didn't expect, but we do not need to doubt God's willingness. That's the heart of this parable. If an inconvenienced friend will eventually get up to help you, you can trust Father God to provide and lead and direct you. Go to him with confidence when you talk to him, that in one way or another, in long or quick time, help of some kind will be provided. So. Don't doubt Father God's willingness, and don't doubt his intrinsic goodness. That's the next part of the passage in verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Warren Wisby wrote this, He knows us and loves us. We never need to be afraid of the answers that he gives. Again, Jesus argued from the lesser to the greater. If an earthly father gives what is best to his children, surely the Father in heaven will do.
do even more. It's interesting how the Lord says here, how much will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You'd expect maybe something like this, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And that is part of prayer life. We need everything from God, all our physical needs. But the Lord here gets us to aim higher in our prayers too. Not just to seek things from God, but to seek more of himself. Not just to seek gifts from God, but the giver himself, the Holy Spirit, God's presence with us. Now, one of the problems with the way that we talk about prayer is that we speak of it as detached from the big picture of the wholeness of the relationship journey with God. We narrow it down to requests for specific things. It is that, and we do often need to be more specific in our praying, but it is more than that, as we have seen. Prayer is not a thing like a tool or a weapon. It is an expression of a trusting, it is the outworking of a trusting relationship with Father God. In a healthy friendship or marriage, there may well be times when, with all the pressures of life, you have to carve out a time to talk, to have a, a talk meeting about specific things. But think about this. If, if that is all our conversation in our marriage or in our friendship, then that doesn't sound very healthy if everything is a formal talk meeting. Similarly, if everything is a formal prayer meeting, if that's the sum of our relationship with God, there's something not healthy there. Conversation between a couple is everything from non-verbal communication, just being silent together, to general chit-chat, to specific issues, laughter and crying together with unintelligible words, as well as those times where we need to stop and talk about something. And in a similar way, prayer is all this and more in our relationship with Father God. But the question is, how can we approach a holy God like this? How can we have such a close relationship with Father God? How can we even call him Father? Jesus knows what we're like. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Our sins have separated us from our God. We deserve condemnation. Not such a wonderful talking relationship with God. Well, because of Jesus, we can call God Father. Because of Jesus, we can be reconciled to God and enter into the depth and the richness of this relationship. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So because of Jesus, there is reconciliation, there is relationship. And now if we have repented, if you have repented, confessed to God and turned from your sins, and if you are now trusting and believing in the Lord Jesus, committed to him as your Lord and your Saviour, 
you can talk to God, praying with confidence like this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. You can ask and seek and knock with a confidence in a God who is good. So this is the parable of the audacious pal and his inconvenience friend. Father God is not like the inconvenience friend. And prayer comes out of a relationship with a willing and good Father God. Should we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we've been able to explore this amazing subject of speaking to you a relationship with you that we can have with a confidence as we talk to you, a confidence that you are not like the inconvenienced friend, but you are a father who is willing to hear us, to hear our cries, our laments, our, our laughter, and to be with us in our tears and to share in a relationship, a conversation relationship, a discovery of you, Lord, as we pray to you and read your word and interact with it and and as we discover ourselves even, warts and all, as we see, Lord, the, the depths of our hearts and, and yet see that you love us and are working in us to change us and to transform us. Lord, prayer is all these things and much more. Help us, Lord, to be people of faith who do stand on your promises and hold to your word as we, as we pray to you. Help us to be people who trust in your intrinsic goodness, even though sometimes our, our prayers seem to be answered after such a long time. Oh, Father, give us that faith to hold on to the fact that you are good and you give good things to your children. And Father, we pray for anyone who's hearing this message who's not yet a Christian, who doesn't yet have this relationship with you as Father, please help them to see that they need to trust Jesus, who's the only one who can take away the sin barrier and to bring that, that dear person into that relationship with you. And for those of us who are, who are Christians already, help us to appreciate this relationship we have, to revel in it, to explore it, and Lord God, to, to pray more, but not simply as a thing to do, but Lord, out of this conversation with you, this trusting conversation with you, our good Father God. Help us and hear us, we pray, in Jesus' name, Amen. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes these words, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus.